0: shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Talking about what would happen just a few years later when the Roman general would come through and wipe out the temple. And uh, when you think about those things, it's interesting. It's just a thought for you. Don't carry too much weight to it, but just think about it. Jesus said not one stone would be left unturned. And how do we have a whole wall left up from it today? I don't think there is. Because Jesus said there wouldn't be one stone left. That's a sign for you to think about. And if you say, well, what are you trying to say with all that? I really don't know what I'm trying to say. But they claim that there's one of the walls of the temple still there. And Jesus said not one stone would be left unturned. So I think Jesus probably knows better than most people about the history of Jerusalem and things. But that's a side note. But um, we see the disciples. Jesus tells them that. And they're trying to figure things out. And so like, Jesus, tell us what's going to happen in the end. So Jesus goes through and lays several things out for them that we'll see tonight. How the tribulation commences, letter A, we see there will be spiritual deception. See there in verse number 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Verse number 11 says something very similar, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. There will be a rise in those claiming to be the way of salvation. We even see it today. You know, I'm not talking about the Antichrist. I'm talking about the spirit of Antichrist. And there are, there's a lot of it around us today. There are many false Christs and false prophets during the Tribulation. We see some of it today. We see people going around, and I could name names, Jim Jones. There's uh, lots of different names I could mention that we could go through. You, you could Google, there's this guy who claims that he is Jesus, He's got a huge following in South America, and it's crazy. CNN did a story on him, but I don't know if that's the fake news network or not. I'm not sure how that all works. Some people say that, but maybe that was a fake news article, too. I don't know. But anyways, but this guy claims to be Jesus, and has followers. And his followers, you can watch this article, his followers get tattooed on their arms, the number 666, following this guy. And he says that he is, I am the new Jesus, it's like, wow, how? Can, and the worst part is all the following that he has. The people could fall for that and do the things that they do. But there's going to be, and as that time comes, and what's going to happen is the Antichrist is going to be on the rise. People are going to love him, the fame, the power that he has. No one will ever be quite like him. There will be one, one man that was born greater than the Antichrist in power. His name is Jesus. But the Antichrist will come, and the false prophet will deceive and those two reprobates from hell will do their best to deceive the world and literally make people think that they're God and deceive them and get men to receive the mark of the beast. The tribulation will be a time, a spiritual time, where there will be great deception going on. Letter B, there will be social devastation. You see that in verse 6 through verse number 13. In the Bible, And we've read these verses a few minutes ago as we look here and we see these things there'll be increasing and instability in society there are lots of things given and said in this passage here which leads us to number one underneath letter b we see this is a time marked by disruptions there will be an increase in warfare and hostility So verse 6 and 7 says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. The Antichrist, when he comes into power, remember, he signs a treaty with Israel as a sign of fake peace. There will be no peace in the Middle East or anywhere, till the Prince of Peace comes and ushers in true peace. There'll be many that will try to bring peace, but no one can bring peace but him. And the Bible talks about the fact that there'll be wars and rumors of wars and people dying and things. And in a few minutes, we'll go to the book of Revelation. We'll look at the four horses that are mentioned in chapter number six. But in Revelation 6, 4, we see the rider of the red horse's war. And that will be during this time so there's an increase in warfare and hostility between nations there's also a growing and an increase in anti-semitism and persecution aimed towards the jews you see that there in verse number nine and they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and there are many and there are many good christians out there that will take matthew chapter 24 and say that that is talking about christians and all that we will endure during the tribulation time but if you take the bible at face value and for what it says we'll not be here to see the wrath of god we will be out of here christ paid our price he paid the penalty it's paid in full now if he left something undone then sure we got to sell and just because we're not here during the tribulation. Christians have been suffering persecution for a very long time. That doesn't mean life is easy, but the book of Matthew was written to show Jesus Christ as the king of the Jews. It was written to the Jews, and this is talking about them and how it plays out for them and talking about anti-Semitism. And you even see it today, and you see it around us, and you see how people, the hatred there is towards the Jewish people. And you go back, we go back to Hitler, and all these different things and see a rise of all these things but it's going to grow increasingly during that time and the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39, for sake of time, we're not going to go there, but basically it probably shows that Russia, or one of the, it's got to be Russia in my estimation, will be involved in attempting to destroy Israel. But the plan will fail, and Israel will use weapons of warfare to, to help their people for those seven years. Ezekiel 39, verse number 9, you can read all of that when you want to. But there will be wars, rumors of wars, anti-Semitism, hatred towards the Jews, this will also be, number two, this will be um, a time that's marked by um, desperation. There's famine during this time. Do you have Revelation 6, verse 5 and 6? The Bible says, now, we go, went through a couple of weeks ago and broke down how Revelation fits into the grand scheme of things. And Revelation chapter number 6 opens up with a man coming on a white horse, and it's the Antichrist, is who it is. And then it talks about some of these seals. Next week, I'm going to break down the judgments and the different things and give them to you and explain all of that to you, have it all written down to help you out. You're going to have a fun time typing up next week. And so, you look at verse number five, it says, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see, and beheld and lo a black horse, He that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand, verse number six. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. We see that this will be a time there'll be famine during this time. The black horse speaks of death. The balance refers to rationing of food. It says there, um, a measure of wheat for a penny. That word penny was a day's wage. A Roman penny would purchase eight measures of wheat or 24 measure of barley. Basically, the food supply will be one-eighth of what it normally was and the price of food during this time. But it's interesting that it also says the rider of this horse is told not to hurt the oil and the wine. And that appears that there will still be luxury items enjoyed by the rich. They will not be harmed. But the common person, there'll be famine, starvation. And you look in our world today. Do a quick Google search, and 9.1 million people die of starvation a year in the world. 9.1 million. It's a lot of people every year, and uh, I think it's 65 to 70 percent of those that 9.1 million are children under the age of five that's crazy but during the tribulation it'll just grow worse and worse this will also be a time number three this will be a time marked by diseases verse seven refers to pestilence and this tells us that the tribulation period will be a time when disease will run rampant among the human family the Bible talks about it in Revelation chapter number 6 again in verse number 8. And, uh, you have, and it says, And I looked and beheld a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto him over a, far, a fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Think about this. 25% of the world's population will die at one time. During World War II, there was a lot of people that died during World War II. I think the average number was one out of every 40 died. This plague and this pestilence that will happen in the end, one out of four people die. Over 7 billion people here on earth. During the tribulation, all the Christians get taken out. So you could just guess, I don't know, I'm not going to even try and guess, how many, there are a lot of people who claim to be Christian, but those who really are Christian, let's just, say, let's just say half. So let's say that's 3.5 billion people that are here. Let's just round up to four to make math easy. One billion out of four billion die because of pestilence and disease. it be a time marked by disasters. The earthquakes that take place, the natural disasters during these early years of the tribulation. And there will be those, something that's very interesting, there will be people who claim, and there, Hal Lindsey is one, there's a few others that people might know those names, and they claim that earthquakes are getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and it's proving that the Lord's coming. And uh, their research is baloney. There's no truth or fact to what they say. I mean, I've read several books, and I read this one book on prophecy, and they said, we know we're getting close because since... The year, they said the year 1890 to 1900, there's only one earthquake of 7.0 magnitude or higher, one. And then they showed when Israel became a nation 1940, whatever it was, that there was 15 that year. And then they show we have over 200 every year, and it keeps growing growing every year. And they, use, they say they get that from, this, from one of the main sites, uh, websites and things, and none of that information is true. And just because you and you gotta be careful because you know you read things and oh that sounds so real and the earthquakes we have, they're in diverse places and all these things. There's gonna be some major earthquakes that take place during that time. I mean some major earthquakes where things are gonna be unsettled and even mountains disappear. It's gonna be quite crazy during that time. But I'll tell you this, we are closer to the Lord returning right now than what we were at six thirty when the service started. He's coming. don't try and don't try and figure out when he's coming and no man knows the hour or day that he's coming but he's coming this time will be marked by disaster earthquakes all these things so be a time number five they'll be marked by disobedience look at verse number 10 and verse number 12 of our text it says and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another Verse twelve, and because iniquity was shall wax, the love of many shall wax cold. When we think of that, and we have this time being marked as a time of disobedience, indicates you think about this, there'll be a total disregard for the sanctity of life, property, the rights of others. No one will care about those things. There'll be in verse number ten with well, letter A underneath number five, a little A, there'll be betrayal and hatred. The Bible basically says that no one's going to respect one another during those days. Violent crimes will increase, and many will die at the hands of fellow humans. And think about how our world is today. We live in a world today that allows the murder of over 55 million babies every year. And it's nothing. We don't value life today. You just look around and see we don't value life. I think one of the reasons is people devalue life. You know, you think about it, this world accepts that man used to be a monkey or a dog or whatever and evolved into all these different things. When you do all these things, you're devaluing what life truly is. Life is a gift from God. A precious gift from God. God is the author of life and God is the taker of life. No one has that right. But We live in a world that's so wicked today. Imagine during that time how it's going to be. Betrayal and hatred, let her be the wickedness and love of sin. Man's wickedness will grow during this time and it's hard to believe that man could get any more wicked than what they are today. And uh but you think about it. During the tribulation time, the church is out of here. The one who is the one who's been holding back will let go. This world will get us worse and worse and worse. And uh Second Timothy chapter three, verse one through five talks about some things. You don't have that? You can turn there in your Bibles with me. Second Timothy chapter number three. 2 Timothy 3, verse number 1, it says, "...this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness." But denying the power thereof from such, turn away. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a Bible scholar to see that a lot of the things that are mentioned right here in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 are right before our eyes today. Do you realize we live in a nation where 80 to 85% of the population of the United States claims to be Christian? Look at how people live and tell me that 80 to 85% of Americans are Christian. How can that be when 62% of all Americans believe that the Bible is not totally true? 62%. How can that be when 75% of Americans do not believe in the existence of a personal, real devil? How can it be that 80 to 85% of Americans are Christians when pornography earns an estimated $14 billion per year in the US alone? Not the world, just the United States alone. How can that be when 4 million men every day visit porn sites on the internet? How can that be when 1.5 million unborn babies are born in, con- in this country in the name of convenience? How can it be when the rate of premarital sexual activity in the church is the same as what's in the world? fornication is wrong we love to preach on homosexuality because that doesn't, that doesn't affect all of us but being with someone and not being married to them it's wrong and to think that, it, that in the church the numbers are the same that's ridiculous it's awful to think of that the world looks around and declares with joy their divorce rate is dropping I want you to understand something they say it's dropping because they're more and more just living together not getting married but there are just as many Christian homes that end in divorce as there are un-Christian. It's sad. How can we be a nation that's 80-85% to 85% Christian when 32% of professed Christians and 64% of non-Christians say they consume alcohol every week? 32% of Christians. And I could go on with other numbers and different things. I think you understand something. Our world's going to hell in a handbasket. And when it does, it's going to think all is well and fine, but it's not. It has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. Doesn't that describe a lot of Christians today? Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof? They refuse to let the Lord really work in their lives and do things. And our world's already seeing a bunch of these signs, but just going to get worse. And then we see letter C. And lastly for tonight... Go back to our text, and I love how in the midst of all the craziness in the world and the things that are going on during that time, God still got everything under control. Matthew chapter 24, and look with me at verse number 14. The Bible says, and this gospel is the kingdom. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. For a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. There are many Christians that will take that phrase and that little bit right there and say, "Well, before the tribulation ever begins, we're going to have to reach the whole world with the gospel." That's what they say. Many of my many Baptists say the same thing. That's not what this is talking about here, because the very next verse talks about the abomination of desolation, which takes place right at the midpoint of the tribulation. Tribulation's halfway through. What is the special declaration that's being mentioned? well letter a it's the hundred and forty-four thousand. if you go with me to the book of revelation real quick and you go with me to revelation chapter number seven i want you to see a few verses real quick and then we'll be done for tonight i know on a wednesday night there's a lot of heavy stuff for those of you that have worked all day long and everything else i've worked all day long too and but we'll get through it we're almost done here and uh, chapter 7 and verse number 1 says, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the fourth four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed, in 104,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel goes through and lists all of them. And I've had many people say, there's no way there's, God's going to do that and have 144,000, 12,000. That's what the Bible says right there. Why can't you just trust what the Bible says? Take the Bible for what it says. Let God be true and every man a liar. I think that's a good way to look at it. But the 144,000, God will raise up an army of Jewish preachers that he will seal, he'll protect them, and they'll be sent out to tell the world about Jesus. The world, the Antichrist, the devil, will not be able to stop their message. And then, letter B, you have the two witnesses. In Revelation chapter number eleven, and they don't need Kirk Cameron to help get a camera on them so the whole world can see them. That's if you've seen Left Behind. That's what I'm talking about right there. Buck Williams, Buck Williams, that was his name. I was trying, I was thinking all week as I was studying this what the guy's what his name was on there. Buck Williams will not be any help during that time. God doesn't need any help during that time. The special declaration they'll have the hundred forty-four thousand. And you'll have the two witnesses, and these mystery preachers, and some will say, who are the two preachers? I don't know. Well, take a guess. Okay, two men in the Bible did not die, Elijah and Enoch. If I guessed, I would say them. Well, and some say, well, on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was Moses and Elijah. Well, then maybe it'll be the two of them. We'll let God figure that out. There's no little hidden message in Greek right here to tell you who these two are. So don't worry about it. I'll tell you this. If God wanted you to know, he would have put it right there for you. So he doesn't want you to sit around and try to think and figure it out because you're not going to be able to. And you might try and figure it out and he'll just change it to someone else just so you don't know who it is. No, I'm just teasing with all that. But they'll do their best to stomp, get rid of these two guys, and these guys will preach their bodies will lie in the streets for 3 days, then they'll rise up and ascend into heaven. And you think about it, even in the dark hour and the tribulation during that time, God will have his men proclaiming the truth to the world still. That's just how that's just how merciful our God is and loving. And millions will get saved. You read the, if you look at Revelation chapter 7, and you can just write this in your notes, but you take verse 9 through 17, it talks about a big old group of people. That's those who get saved during the tribulation time. There's going to be a lot of people that do. And praise God for that. And God will do a work. And uh, two things as we close tonight. We're only partway through. Next week we'll finish up Jacob's trouble and see all the other things. And there will be a lot more to break down next week. But the first thing is, are you saved? Because there will be some that want to say, I'll just wait till the tribulation. I'll be like that guy, Mr. Steele, in that movie. And, oh, my family told me, and I get it now. They're all gone. I get it. It's not going to work that way. The Bible says those who have been given the truth and do nothing with it, they'll be given over to what? Strong delusion. It doesn't work the way the Left Behind movies tell us that it does. I know, shock, Hollywood can't get it right. If you go to Hollywood for your doctrine, you've got some issues. You go, to this, you go to this book for your doctrine, okay? This is where doctrine comes from. This and only this. You know, the Ten Commandments movie with Charlton Heston is not completely biblically accurate, okay? Get the truth from the Bible. First, know that you're, are you saved tonight? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? And then secondly, who are you going to tell this week about Jesus? Our job is to get the gospel to every creature. And church, Victory Baptist Church, who's the last person you've witnessed to? When's the last time you took a track in the back and took a gospel track and told someone about Jesus' love for them? There should not be too many days that go by that that doesn't happen regularly. Each and every one of us should be faithful witnesses because this day is coming. This is not just some made-up story. There to be a lot of people that go through hell on earth and all-time hell that don't know about Jesus Christ. And we don't get them saved. We just witness the Holy Spirit does the work. But who have you witnessed to lately? Who's on your prayer list that you're praying for that they would get saved? And our prayer list should be full of people. Say, so, well, I don't know anybody. What about your neighbor next door? Yeah. Your neighbor down the street. Your relatives. People need Jesus Christ. Let's be faithful. If you're not saved tonight, get that cell before you leave. I'll be out out the door greeting people when they leave. If you're not saved, talk to me. I'll take you. We'll talk about heaven. Did that on Sunday. Had a, had a man trust Christ as his Savior and praise God for that. But then, Christian, why don't you grab some tracks on the way out tonight and witness to somebody. People need Jesus. They need to hear the truth. A couple of announcements. We'll have a word of prayer, and we'll be on our way out tonight. We, um, Ladies, we have our special ladies conference coming up this Friday and Saturday.